Well, welcome to worship today. My name is Spencer, I'm the lead pastor, and it is so good to be able to gather together wherever you might be on this holiday weekend. And as it is Memorial Day weekend, we certainly wanna say how thankful we are for the liberty that we have and the many people who have given their lives that we can worship like this today. We have so many in our church who have served our nation, and we wanna say thank you to our veterans today as well as we start worship today. Now, if you're here for the very first time, you're joining us, we are so thankful that you joined us. We wanna give you a gift. We've got a virtual Starbucks gift card that we'd like to give you. If you just wanna follow the link to register your attendance with us, we'll send that to you. Now, this Sunday, we're wrapping up our series called Myths of Forgiveness. We spent the whole month of May talking about forgiveness and how to cultivate this in our life. And today, Pastor Jim has got a great word for us. He's gonna lead us to, to forgiveness and how to practice this. And so if you'd like to take a next step and, and thinking about how to go deeper in the message and in the worship experience, I encourage you to go to sumc.co slash next. And now we're gonna hear from Stephanie about ways to get connected at Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Stephanie. We are so glad that you're with us today. Be sure and check in on the Church Center app or by scanning the QR code on the pew in front of you to let us know that you're here. This helps us keep in touch with you. This weekend is Family Worship Weekend, meaning that we're inviting all ages to participate in our worship services. We'll even have a few special highlights featuring our Schweitzer kids in all of our worship services today. Last year, we took VBS out to the neighborhoods with great success, and we're gearing up to do that again this year. Let me pass off to Nina with our Schweitzer Kids program to tell you more. Hey there, it's Nina, and I'm so excited for VBS this year. You can sign up on sumc.co slash VBS for an awesome kit where you can host it in your own yard. In your kit, you'll find a booklet with all the activities and things you need to teach kids how to have the confidence they can gain by seeing themselves the way God sees them. And other cool things like cones and pool noodles. I have some friends that'll be helping you this summer, Miss Stephanie and Miss Sydney. They'll be taking the lead on VBS, so contact them to host at your house. Press play. Thanks, Nina. Remember, if you want to host a VBS in your neighborhood this year, go to sumc.co slash VBS. This weekend, as we celebrate Memorial Day, we have so many to be grateful for who have sacrificed for us. One way that we have to honor or memorialize a loved one or a special event is by placing a paver in the Schweitzer Prayer Garden. If you'd like to have an engraved paver placed in the garden this year, let us know by June 30th. You can stop by the Connection Center in the lobby, or you can check in online at sumc.co slash next to fill out an interest form there. If you haven't had a chance to visit our prayer garden on the northwest side of our campus, we invite you to do so. It's a great place to reflect and pray for one another. Once again, thanks for being with us this morning. Let's continue with worship. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for sharing about how we can get connected at Schweitzer. If you're worshiping with us live today, I wanna to encourage you to follow along with the chat, share your name, any insights as we go along in the service. We also have a prayer feature. So if you have something in your life you'd like to pray with someone about, click the prayer button, and there'll be someone there to pray with you about whatever it is that you might need prayer for. And now, let's worship.
here before Still I know that there's more of you to find I have seen heaven fall Still my heart longs to see you one more time So once again I invite you in Once again I am reaching out You're all I'm after All that I pursue I hunger and thirst for you Hunger and thirst for you My soul desire No one else will do I hunger and thirst for you Hunger and thirst for you Prayers I've prayed Still echoing Even in the way But the hope I embrace Is that you are good And you alone can save Oh, so once again I invite you
Well, thank you for leading us in that song. I think about the idea of hunger and thirst, about having a, a single-minded focus on the Lord. As we come to our time of prayer today, let's, let's pray for a single-minded focus on the Lord, and let's pray for our nation as it's Memorial Day weekend. You know, this week also marks the, the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd, and we think about all that happened over the course of last summer. And so we wanna pray for our nation for healing and for wholeness to take place. So let's pray together. So Father, today we do come together as one church, scattered in so many different places, but one church body, one church family. And we pray today for our nation. We give you thanks on this Memorial Day weekend for the liberty that we have as Americans, as, as those who, who have lived with so many people who have sacrificed their lives for the liberty that we have. And there's so many people around the world today who don't have the same freedoms. And so we give you thanks for these liberties that we have. We do pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders, those um, in Congress, our president, our governors, those who lead locally, that you might give wisdom, devotion to you, an experience of you in their lives. We pray, Lord, that they might have a single-minded focus on you and what is right and just for all. We pray for our nation as we recover and heal um, from the racial injustice and the, and the oppression that we've seen over the last year and been reminded of continually. We think about the protests that took place all last summer and those today who, who mourn uh, because of social injustice. And we just, we wanna pray for healing and wholeness over our land, that we might honor you as we honor one another. As we pray for our nation today, we also have personal prayers that we offer. And so today, I just encourage you, wherever you are, to lift up a prayer for our nation and however you might want to say that. So now let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. As we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, part of worship is, is singing, it's also praying, it's preaching, it's also giving. We give in response to all that God has done. I think about the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God has been so generous to us and so we give back to him. And your giving at Schweitzer, it makes a difference. In the last two weeks, we've had two different baptisms in person. And this Sunday, we wanna share with you a, a brief story from one of the children who was baptized in our worship services last Sunday. Well, Jesus washes over you once, once they pour water over your head. Be like Jesus to other people. And, and, and so, and show like other people if they don't believe in Jesus, that Jesus is good. Thank you for supporting me and praying for me. Isn't that a great story to see? Your giving, it makes a difference in so many people's lives. Thank you for giving. If you want to give, you can go to sumc.co slash give to contribute to the work that God is doing through us. And now let's continue to worship.
Good morning, friends. I'm Jim, and it's really good to be with you today. Today, we're continuing our series called The Myths of Forgiveness, where we're exploring what's true about forgiveness, but also equally important is what's not true about forgiveness, according to the scripture. And in the scripture, in the Old Testament, forgiveness is mentioned 42 times, and in the New Testament, 33 times. This story, this book, God's story, is all about forgiveness. It's so crucial as followers of Jesus to live a life of forgiveness. We don't naturally stumble into forgiveness. We have to practice it, cultivate it. And so that's what we're going to explore today. Let's begin with week one uh, of the four weeks preceding today. Today we'll go through the fifth myth, but the first week was forgiveness is a feeling. That's a myth. It's not a feeling. It's a choice, it's a process with God. Forgiveness isn't a feeling that we just switch on and off. And then in week two, we explored the myth of forgiveness is condoning, and that's not true either. Condoning, uh, forgiving somebody does not mean that it's okay. We don't condone it. And then in week three, we explored forgiveness means reconciliation, and that's not true. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily arrive at at reconciliation. We have to uh, seek forgiveness, but in the process, the relationship may stay broken. We work towards peace and towards forgiveness, but again, it does not necessarily mean that there will be reconciliation. And then in week four, we looked at forgiveness means forgetting. And again, that's not true. It's not true. We, we often buy into the cliche that uh, we can forgive and forget. And yet that's not in the Bible. We will likely have a memory of what the experience was, but yet God can transform that memory to where we're not stuck and that we can move forward. And now today, today we're exploring the myth that forgiveness is conditional. Forgiveness is not conditional. Intellectually, I think we know that in our head, but then there's real life. So how do we live out a life of forgiveness where in our culture, we're trained to, uh, to do and to act a certain way. In other words, transactionally and conditionally. We do much of our life as consumers and as on-demand people. And this life can then seep into our faith life that also affects our life of forgiveness. And so today, as we, as we journey together, we're going to dive into the scripture. We're going to also, though, proclaim God's power that we can forgive unconditionally, without condition. And so before we do that, before we dive into the scripture, a couple things to note. First is, as I begin the scripture, there's going to be a therefore. And whenever we see a therefore in scripture, it's good to back up and read what's before that for context. And so we will do that in a little bit. Also, in terms of context of what's happening with this scripture, let's take a look at that. It's the Apostle Paul is sending a letter to a fairly new church in a place called Colossae, which in Paul's time, a couple thousand years ago, was in uh, Turkey today. And Paul is reminding this community of faith, these people, that they, they have lost their way. And as followers of Jesus, as this new community of faith, what is it that is their foundation? What is it that is distinctive about their lives as followers of Jesus? And they're being influenced in their culture, just like we are, with all kinds of stuff around us. 
And so Paul is reminding them who they are in Jesus Christ. So hear these words from Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, such vivid imagery, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. No conditions. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, richly as you teach and admonish one another. In all wisdom, through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that's who we're called to be as followers of Jesus. And yet uh, we are often, again, conditional or transactional people. And so now I'm going to tell a couple stories and I'll use myself as an example. While not apples to apples yet to forgiveness, these uh, reveal our conditional transactional nature that eventually can lead into our life of forgiveness, affect it, influence it. And the first is a really simple example, if you will, of uh, in traffic. We're in a lot of traffic. For example, let's say that I'm going down Sunshine, which is in front of the church, really, really busy street, heavy traffic. I'm uh, east of here, uh, coming east, and you, you're trying to get into traffic. Say you're coming out of Commerce Bank down the road here. And I'm feeling virtuous today. I'm feeling uh, compassionate, empathetic, uh, kind, and I decide to let you into traffic. Okay, and so you're, you're looking to get in. There's no way you can get in. And if I don't exhibit some kindness, you're not gonna be able to get into, onto the street. And so I look at you and I do the, uh, yeah, you know, I make eye contact and I wave you in. I smile, wave you in. And then you, you glance at me and you quickly come into traffic and it's all good, right? Well, it's not all good because in my conditional self, I was expecting more of you. I was looking for that, that return of a, a wave and a smile. You're giving me this or, after you come by me in the rearview mirror, you give me this. You see, in my conditional nature and transactionally, I'm expecting more. Even though I'm trying to do something virtuous or good, my transactional self is calling me to expect something of you. So that's a, that's a pretty simple example. And so let's, uh, let's take another one that uh, involves, if you will, a little more skin in the game. And this one I'm feeling uh, generous, okay? And I'm feeling like I want to give an unconditional gift. And the example uh, could be uh, that it's high school sports, okay? High school sports. And the, uh, the booster club is wanting to build new dugouts. And I'm feeling generous, and I want to support the team and the common good. The common good, and so I write a big check to the team and give it to the booster club and... As I'm watching the games and uh, week after week, my uh, child, my son or daughter or grandchild uh, sits on the bench, is on the bench. And after a little while, 
uh, I'm starting to get angry. I'm starting to get angry. And, uh, and yet I was doing it for the common good, but I'm expecting more. I have a condition uh, on that gift, and that, that condition is what? It's playing time. You're supposed to play my child because I did this for you. In other words, our conditional nature is such that I do this and I expect this from you. And so this, uh, this transactional self, if you will, uh, can easily uh, permeate or slip into our faith life. And so I think this, this is a good time to address the therefore that I talked about earlier in the scripture. And so we're going to read uh, the scripture before the one that I read that preceded it. And so hear these words, hear these words, put to death, again, vivid imagery. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is renewed, which is renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So Paul is reminding them in this letter to this early church that because of their relationship with Jesus Christ, they have to get rid of the old self and that we're being renewed and given power through the Holy Spirit to live differently in our life, in our life of faith, and the way we approach forgiveness. And so the crux of the matter, the crux of the matter as human beings that everything we do affects everything else, influences everything else in our lives. And left to our own selves, forgiveness becomes conditional. Right? It goes like this. I forgive you. Now I expect you to fill in the blank. Could be change, forgive me, or reconcile with me. Or I'll forgive you if you fill in the blank, pay me back. If you apologize, do what I expect you to do. And so you see how this conditional nature is always in front of us. But the truth is, the truth is, we forgive because God has forgiven us. We forgive as the Lord forgave us. God is gracious and gives us undeserved merit. God is so good. Our nature is conditional and God's nature is unconditional love. Thanks be to God. God forgives all of our sins. I think about what Pastor Spencer I read to us last week in Psalm 103, and I love these words, these words that remind us of God's nature, whose God is, God's character. Hear this from Psalm 103. He, the Lord, does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great, great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west. Think about that. As far as the east is from the west. I mean, it's, it's immeasurable. So far as he has removed our transgression, transgressions from us. God forgives all of our sins. 
All is all. And that's God. But then what about us? How do we get from a person that is conditional and transactional in nature to one who forgives unconditionally? Well, for me, it's been a progression, if you will, a progression of sorts. It's not linear, yet it's a process with God. Thanks be to God. When I entered a relationship with, uh, with God, when I said yes to Christ who was pursuing me and choosing me, uh, I began to change. I had, and first of all, I had an awareness, this new awareness that I needed forgiveness. And so I would often seek forgiveness genuinely and sincerely. And this was new. I couldn't wait on my way to work, for example, to pray in the card for forgiveness or in the parking lot before I'd go in. I would actually pray something like this. God, uh, I praise you. Forgive me because I'm a sinner. Then I would get more specific. I'd ask God for strength, courage, wisdom, perseverance, and more. Thank God for the gift of this day. But I would seek forgiveness every day. And then right here in the uh, sanctuary, I would, when we had communion each month, I couldn't wait to get on my knees and ask for God's forgiveness and seek for God's, seek God's forgiveness. This awareness was new and I was really leaning into it. So that was the first part of the process for me. And then as I did life with God, in other words, as I would uh, pray more, read the scripture, do life with other believers, uh, confess with each other, uh, again, just a process with God, believing that God could make me a person of forgiveness, uh, it expanded to where I sought to forgive others. And not only did I uh, want to forgive others, God uh, would give me uh, names and, and persons that I needed to be healed from that memory. I needed to forgive people in the past and the present, for example, like uh, coaches or teachers, uh, coworkers, and uh, bosses. And I really needed to forgive at this time a boss that I had. And my need was so great that uh, I was becoming bitter and cynical because I had not forgiven this person without condition. And so I prayed to God for God's help. And, and the scenario, just to give you a little more background uh, to see how specific this was, um, was that I was fairly new to town. Uh, Roxanne and I, we had moved back here and I was in a job and doing well and enjoyed the work and uh, wasn't looking for a promotion. And my boss came up to me and said, hey, Jim, we've got an opening in the organization. Would love for you to apply. You're doing great work. We really appreciate you. We need you to apply. Would you please fill out an application and interview? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. I feel really good about that. I'll do it. Thanks. And in my mind, I had the job. This was just a formality, right? Well, no. Uh, rejection. The next thing I know, after the interview, I'm hearing, you know, sorry, Jim. Uh, and I thought I killed it. And uh, uh, the boss and others are saying, sorry, Jim, uh, uh, not now. And, and I felt uh, the anger rise up in me. I felt like I had been set up. And then I began to stew over this. And over time, again, it was affecting my other relationships. And so I really asked God to help me forgive. And in God's uh, power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, I was able to forgive this person. And the freedom from that 
uh, was awesome. I resumed uh, uh, a new sense of peace, and it, it was good for me, and it was good for the work I was doing, the people around me, and God had something better for me. And I was so very grateful, but I, but I had to learn to trust God uh, with forgiveness. You see, we need the Spirit, the Spirit to change us. Let's hear those words again. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. God's power changes us from the inside out. And that's what God, God desires to do. We're being renewed. We're becoming what God has created us to be. And then hear these words again. We are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothing ourselves with compassion, humility, kindness, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another. We have patience. We can hang in there. We're changed and changing, becoming, again, what God has created us to be. So we can see left to our own selves, our baser nature. We're conditional or transactional people, but God has more for us. We're not, forgiveness is, isn't conditional. And forgiveness isn't transactional. It's not what we can get out of it. Our faith life is not what we can get out of it, but it, it's to be transformational. God seeks to transform us, again, from the inside out, and to use us in ways to expand his kingdom in the here and now. Transformational. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. God seeks for us to live lives of deep and unconditional forgiveness. And we know it won't be easy, but if we trust God with it, God is faithful, God is faithful. The cynicism that we may be bearing or the bitterness or the anger uh, will melt away. And we will be new creations with joy and gratitude that we heard about in the scriptures. And so as we close here today, I invite us to, uh, to think about Jesus, the way of forgiveness, the last 24 hours of his life, they are so vivid. His actions speak so to us and his followers. For many of us, we can learn about forgiveness. It can be here in our heads, but often we're changed by when we see it lived out. And for Jesus, his followers saw it in the last 24 hours. It's all about forgiveness. We know Jesus, uh, through the scripture, uh, died on a Friday on the cross, somewhere between noon and three, but six hours earlier in the morning. Jesus uh, first forgives the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross who wasn't worthy, right? Wasn't worthy in the world's eyes, but was to Jesus. And then he, he says, uh, you'll be with me today in, in paradise. And just before that, Jesus forgives the Roman soldiers and others for putting him on the cross, for beginning uh, the process of, uh, of killing him. And Jesus forgives and says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then let's go 24 hours or 12 hours earlier to the night before on that Thursday evening. Jesus in the garden uh, essentially, indirectly forgives those people who are arresting him. As, the, uh, as they're arresting him, a violence breaks out. And Jesus says, no more of this. Uh, uh, one of the uh, guards who are arresting him, his ear is cut off. And Jesus touches that man's ear and heals him and restores him. That's what forgiveness looks like. And then there is the Last Supper. 
just before that, the final act of instruction, simple and beautiful, that Jesus gives his followers so they can really live out life as he expects us and empowers us. And so he says at, at the Last Supper, take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. And then after that, he says, and drink from all of this. And he takes the cup, gives thanks to God and says, drink, drink from all of this and remember me. This is the new covenant. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, for the forgiveness of sins. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I think about what Thomas Merton, who's a 20th century monk, mystic, and theologian, says when, when he writes, our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they're worthy. And I would add to that, our job is to forgive others whether or not they're worthy. And God will do an amazing work in us. Let's be people of unconditional forgiveness. Let's pray together. Holy God, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that empowers us in ways that we don't completely understand, but we don't have to. We thank you that we can be people of forgiveness and God, that you can use us to change the world as you would have it. Lord, we, uh, we know that we are flawed people, uh, often broken, and we uh, left our own selves are conditional and transactional. But God, we need your help and we trust you that we can be healed and whole through your power. And God, we seek you in all that we do. It's in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So thank you for joining us in worship today. It is so good that we can gather together wherever we may be, we can gather together to worship God today. I want to say thank you to those who led us in worship. Uh, thank you to Jim for leading us and giving us an awesome word about forgiveness and challenging us to practice forgiveness in our life. And so I, I wonder, who do you know that you could share this service with? Share it on social media, send it to somebody you know, and let's share the good news of what God has done through us uh, through Jesus Christ. I can't wait to be with you next Sunday. We're going to start a new series. It's going to be great. We'll see you next week.